Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Creep Time, the podcast. We are your hosts, Silas Dean and Stu. We have a very eerie case. It is a disappearance that is pretty unique, I would say. And I'm not sure how much of this you've looked up, actually, thus far, because I know I, I tossed you the name. But I would say what makes this case interesting is that almost the entirety of the final day that we know where this girl was, she's captured on camera. Her name was Michaela. Bali. So had you heard the name prior to me mentioning it to you? I had not heard the name, um, but I did see for my little tiny sneak peek into this case, something about like her whereabouts were documented. And almost every step of the way. I am aware of that. Yeah. It was like, it's crazy actually how much of this is on camera because it kind of starts with her going to school for the day and then she ditches school. She goes to a bank, she goes to a pawn shop, and then to like a Tim Hortons. Like she's all over town. But it took them months to kind of piece together the CCTV footage to figure out like what is the foot traffic of this girl before she disappeared. Now, to give everybody a top line who's not privy to the case of Michaela Bali, Michaela Bali was a 16 year old Canadian girl. She was living in Yorkton in 2016. On April 12th, after getting dropped off at school, she snuck out of the building completely alone. And she made her way to a few different stops, but eventually a coffee shop or a donut shop, a Tim Hortons. She is seen on camera in this Tim Hortons for hours. And she's kind of, I don't know if you saw this footage, she's like repeatedly kind of looking over her shoulder outside. Have you seen that? I didn't see that. I like purposely tried not to watch anything. Good, good, good. Um, I didn't make like a Reddit post yet, but I am going to make a Reddit post with like pictures and videos because there's some really like compelling compilations of footage on this but she's sitting in the tim hortons and she's like looking over her shoulder like she keeps looking like she's waiting for somebody outside we just don't know who so it's around one to maybe like 145 that afternoon that she was out of the coffee shop she made her way all the way to basically a diner that was connected to a bus station this place did not have cameras although there were witnesses who saw her there these would be the last people Whoever saw Michaela Bali. Nobody knows where she went or who exactly she was waiting for on that day. So she's effectively a high school girl who we think was kidnapped and then vanished without a trace. And there is tons of evidence that we're going to comb through. I do have some theories, but really there's only two avenues, I think, of how this could have gone. She either left um, completely alone, like on her own of her own volition, or she was captured by somebody, which feels more likely. But I'm going to go through the whole like moment by moment just to get your opinion on this. But before I do, of course, I will say thank you again to everybody for stopping by for another episode. We are so happy to have you on Creep Time, the podcast. <laughs> we love y'all. I I don't want to spoil anything. Well, I won't spoil anything. Um, I will just say, and I won't say what it's related to because we haven't announced it yet, but all I thought about today was Madam Ham. <laughs> All I thought about was Madam Ham, baby. <laughs> I I can't even begin to to describe how much joy that conversation brought me. <laughs> I listened back to it. 
I like replayed the whole sequence again. <laughs> oh, that sent us that sent us into a a part of our brains that needed to be tapped into. It needed to I was going to say I haven't that was untapped for a while for me. <laughs> I needed that more than anything in the world. <laughs> I can't wait until they they like are clued in and like actually get to listen to it and they know what we're talking about, but Madam Ham is such an like it's going to be an iconic moment of creep time. I co- She's up there with Nancy, y'all. I'm just going to say She's that. She's a rival. I, I don't know what she looks like. I don't have... I mean, I guess we do have a little bit of voice for her. Mikey Queek. Mikey Queek. <laughs> <laughs> that... I've, I've been literally saying that to myself in the mirror. I know. I'm like mumbling just, it and I'm not like even Like in the morning, I'm like getting ready for work. I'm like, Mikey Queek. Mikey Queek. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I won't give too much away on that, but... Thank you to everybody who has stopped by for this episode of Creep Time. Sure enough and soon enough, you will know all about Madam Ham. We really appreciate you stopping by. So, of course, please, please, please subscribe and follow the podcast and turn on the bell notifications so you don't miss when we drop surprise episodes. Because, you guys, it's the only way that you hear about them. So we don't want you to miss anything. And, of course, we appreciate every single one of you who leaves us a review Because it tells Spotify or Apple that you love this podcast and it helps them to push the podcast out to more listeners and you can help grow our show. So thank you for supporting us and for every single one of you who tunes in every week to listen to us, your two favorite hacks, Silas and Stu. (laughs) I must say, every time that you spread the word about us and you use that word of mouth marketing, baby, you introduce the show to more people, whether it's a friend, a family member, a colleague. It helps this show to grow so much more. So thank you to those who do that. And with that, I am ready to get into our backstory. (sighs) Throw me on my ass. Here we go. Well, I mean, just based off of the top line alone, does it give you, do you have an idea of like what kind of case we're going to get into? I know that you know it's a disappearance, but does something about it initially just feel strange? Oh, you know what I thought was so weird initially was that didn't she basically like get to school and then immediately leave? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, she's like faked out her family basically because it was her grandmother who dropped her off at school and then walks in. I think she's there for approximately like, I don't know, maybe like less than 20 minutes. And then she ducks out through a back door. Like she had no intentions to stay in school and she was going to go somewhere that day. That I'm like really interested to get into because like I can't imagine showing up to school and then just leaving. Yeah, it's it's well, it seems like a runaway plot to me. I was like, you're yeah. you're trying to like you're trying to throw the scent off your trail for a little bit at least, you know. So like your family's not worried about you because you're not like ducking out in the middle of the night. They think you're in school for the majority of the day, so they're only going to figure out that you're missing come like two or three p.m. Right. Hmm. Well, maybe if I get into some of the backstory about Michaela, and you know what's nuts? While I was doing research for this for the last couple of days, I found her old Instagrams. Her <gasps> social media is still live. Oh, God. And it's it's kind of dark. I mean, she had a public Instagram, and then she had, I think it was like her Finsta, but it was much older. Like, she made it in like 2013, so she would have been 13 at the time. And I'll get into a little bit of what she says on there, but she was going through a tough time. And I don't think many people knew that. Wait, so I wonder, are we sort of around her age? Um, 
No, she was younger than us because she was born in 1999. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, really convenient for like piecing together her age at like different years. That's the same thing with my sister. She was born in 2000. So I always know like whatever year it is, that's Mel's age. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. So what is the backstory on Michaela? Who is she and what is the context of where she's from? Now, she was from Yorkton, which is a county that's technically a part of an area that's known as, I had to spell this out in the phonetics because it's so hard to say, Saskatchewan, Saskatch- <laughs> Saskatchewan, Canada. I think that's correct. Creepers, please got, correct Cat Cat got your tongue. Yeah, we got it. Cat <laughs> got my tongue and cut that bitch out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, what time is it? Saskatchewan. 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 So is that the like, so Yorktown is the... Yorkton. Oh no, Yorktown. Oh, Yorkton. You're right, you're right. <laughs> I'm wrong, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All I, so it's Yorktown. Oh my God, I sound like that clip. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The girl from Love Island that's like, Liverpool, Liverpool. is a country. And it's in that it is... <laughs> Mikey Quick. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey Quick, baby. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan, Canada, um, I think is the overall province. I, I could be wrong okay. about that. So Yorktown is a smaller county within that. So the official mantra of this area was interesting to read about because it's known as where good things happen. So sinister in the context of the story. Mm. So Michaela was born in 1999 in, it's called Regina. I did look this up. Not Regina. Regina, Canada. That will be the last time I'll say it. <laughs> and Thank you. It, okay. <laughs> 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 she was born there, but she would later grow up in Yorktown with her mother. Now, Michaela's mother, Paula, was a consultant for the Ministry of Social Services, and she was largely raising Michaela as a single mom, as her father was not in the picture. And I don't think she actually knew who who her birth father was. It's kind of up in the air, according to Paula. But Michaela did live with a large family because it was her mom, her aunt who lived with them, her grandmother, and then her two younger siblings. Now, the most interesting part about Michaela's story is that she's really described as like a good kid. You know, like she had no prior history of trouble, nothing really going wrong in school. She was described as very friendly, very well-liked, but she's very shy, and she just wasn't the type who was, like, sneaking out. She wasn't getting caught up with the cops, getting caught up with, like, trouble with teachers or anything like that. Like, this was extremely out of character for this girl to do this on this day. And I tried to dig up some additional context. I'm like, maybe there was something else going on at school around this time, like, something that could piece this together. I think what her family knew and, you know, How teenagers present to their family, I would say, is different from what may actually be going on behind the scenes. I think there were some reports that she was getting bullied pretty hard by some people in school because she had some pretty severe acne at the time. So that was Mm -hmm. one piece of it. But again, I found this old Instagram from 2013 where she's like really, really struggling. I mean, she's talking about like self-harm and she's making posts about like suicidal ideations like at 13. Like she... I think she was really like silently struggling and she was just a quiet, shy girl and nobody knew anything else other than what they saw. So it's not entirely clear 
if the bullying or where her headspace was at was a contributing factor to the story. But it did color a little bit more of this experience for me about, you know, her age, where she's at, how she's feeling in high school. And maybe this is a situation that she's trying to get out of because it's isolating. So I think she kind of starts to withdraw around this age. Like she's not entirely connected to like her family, her environment, nothing that's like a red flag that her family noticed, but she's a little more reserved. But that could just be, that's every teenager, right? I would think. Yeah. Nonetheless, smart student, she had dreams of maybe becoming a teacher one day or maybe even a vet because she loved animals and she loved kids. But the overarching takeaway from the research I gathered is that nothing is raising the alarm for the family, that something's wrong. So you can imagine when she goes missing just how bewildering that was for her mother. No one has any reason to understand why she did what she did or what exactly happened on this day. That day being April 12th, 2016, when Michaela left school and disappeared forever. So that's like the overview of some of her backstory and just some of the context surrounding this. But is there any initial thought you would toss out before I get into the actual day of? Well, I mean, I honestly feel like back then, maybe this sounds trivial, but stuff like acne and there was not like that whole, I, I guess there was like Accutane, but like a lot of kids. Which she really was taking, by the way. That. So, yeah, she was taking. Oh, was she? Well, can I tell you, I was going to ask you because I know Accutane can really like mess you up mm-hmm. mentally too. Well, um, that's a, that's and a can good really point. send you into a a spiral. Yeah, I almost I almost got put on Accutane because I had horrible acne in high school, like horrible. And I think we did one step before that. And even I think oh, I forgot what I did. It was like some topical tretinoin or something. It eviscerated my face. Like my first mm-hmm. few days back in school of using that, my entire face was beet red and peeling. So much so that I had to leave school. So mm-hmm. an Accutane, I know it was explained to me, is like 10 times worse. Because it's literally mm-hmm. drying out the sebaceous glands in your face. So you peel hard. And a lot of your acne, like that's under the surface, kind of surfaces. So you have yes. a huge breakout before your acne goes away. Bryce actually went on Accutane when he was in high school. And it's no joke. Like they have to do like tests on your liver function and your kidney function, I think. Like it can mm-hmm. really mess with your organs. I don't know how it actually... um might affect your head. I don't remember very much of that in the warnings. I can just remember uh, it's actually from a podcast I've listened to recently where one of the hosts was describing <gasps> plug it, plug being it. On, I want to hear. <laughs> it's, is it ride? It's called ride. It's ride. It's ride. I knew it. Well, it's um and it's called ride. I was like um I only talk about it with you offline like every single chance I get. <laughs> Such a great podcast. Um You want to get Benny drama but, on the show? Benny drama baby but I swear there was an episode where he was talking about maybe going on Accutane and I want to say he has gray skin too he has beautiful skin yes or someone he knew had been on Accutane but anyways he (laughs) said something about like and I saw a photo of myself and I realized that's really what depression looked like like looking back on it (laughs) and I was like but I had friends that were on Accutane that just I remember them being like I actually have a good girlfriend I remember telling me 
years later, she was like, you realize I can never date anybody we, we went to high school with. And I was like, why? And she was like, they all remember what I used to look like. Oh, so sad. I know. It's just so sad. But it takes such a... And also, I know I mentioned like on a recent episode, like I have suffered with psoriasis my whole life. Mm-hmm. When you're a teenager and that is your skin is like the, such a thing. I mean, that really can send you into such a... It just makes you feel... If there's already an underbelly of suicidal ideation and stuff i mean that just like self-loathing like self like self-loathing yeah yeah and i i I agree with a cherry on top i think it was very different back then too especially since like things like acne or psoriasis anything with any skin ailment is out of your control as a teenager and you can't hide it and that's the worst feeling because you you have to go to school you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i think that that might have exacerbated things just based on the timing of when she was in high school and things are very different now. Acne, I would say, is much more, I don't want to say normalized, but pimple patches in high school are a common thing now. You know, like getting on Curology is a common thing now. Your friends mm-hmm. being on Accutane and talking about it is common. Like it's not, the stigma is a little lighter than what it used to be. Whereas like back in the days of like people calling each other pizza face, that's dark. Mm-hmm. But it gives me, it puts me in the headspace of where she might have been and what she might have been feeling maybe and how isolating that can be. So I'll keep going just about the day-to-day and what we know of her last day in town. So what happened on the day Michaela disappeared? So at this time, of course, she is 16. So she would have been a junior at Sacred Heart High School. And I think what's odd about the lead up to her disappearance is that she kind of started telling her friends like a few days prior that she was going on a vacation. Like, they didn't have any reason to really believe that this was odd or sinister because I think they mostly assumed that it was a family vacation or, like, a family trip, maybe. But her family had nothing planned. So she's, like, planting the seed with everybody, like, I'm I'm going on vacation. I'm leaving town. Now, specifically, she told exactly four of her friends about this vacation. Some of them were unclear about where exactly she wanted to go, and maybe it was a place that she'd never been before with her family. But then other friends claimed that she was trying to go to, like, her birth city, her original, like, hometown. Although she's never explicit about this. So on the day that Michaela went missing, it was a normal morning from what her mother remembered, where, you know, they got up together, they're kind of having breakfast before school, and they both had this routine, which I thought was, I every time I hear this story, I think this moment's really endearing for whatever reason but they put their makeup on together in the morning while they talk about Mm -hmm. like what their day is going to be like and like what they have to do and like what they're going to do after school which made it seem so weird to me that she was it seemed like this entire time planning to like run out on the family so why is she leading on her family to be like yeah i'll see you after school like what are we gonna have for dinner tonight you know it just seemed out of character from what i was piecing together yeah, or that maybe she was it's that weird thing where you like are trying to trick your brain into if she'd really had premeditated this like I think she did for sure. Sort of yeah, sort of like writing your like last note to somebody like Ooh. it has that same feeling like you don't really want to believe that you're going to go and leave but you like want to give the other people like hope that it wasn't all sort of a painful or like in vain experience for you, I guess, if that makes any sense. I think it does. Yeah. Or even just, I mean, to, she may, it may have been instinctual. Like maybe she's just trying to sell through to buy herself as much time as possible. So people don't come looking for her before she's out of town for whatever reason. 
So what happened next, I think, was even stranger. Michaela's grandmother was typically the one who would drop Michaela off at high school every morning. So she drops Michaela off at the entrance roughly between 8 to 8.10 that morning. We would later recover CCTV footage from inside the school, so we know exactly where Michaela was for quite a bit of the story in the beginning. We know that Michaela got to the school. She immediately connected her phone to the school Wi-Fi network sometime around 8.08 a.m. She is seen on school cameras, kind of putting a binder in her locker, which again, like the putting of the stuff in the locker and like bringing stuff to school, it still made me think like you have intentions to come back, kind of. Do you know what I, like, you know? Yeah. Maybe not, maybe but maybe I'm just, reaching. Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe like, you know, she had to pack that stuff up that morning to make it look like she was going to have a normal day. And then ditch it at and, school. And like she's still kind of like having to like warm up into this plan that she's got. Yeah, well, she jumps into action immediately. That's the crazy thing is like, oh, wow. well, she connects to the Wi-Fi at 8.08 a.m. And then she puts the binder in her locker around 8.11. By 8.26 to 8.30, we think there is a camera that is situated in the back exit of the school that caught Michaela walking straight out of the building alone, and she takes off on foot. Told nobody. There is another camera that I think is around the side of the building that I think watches her kind of walk straight off the premises. And then by 8.30 a.m. all the way to 8.55, there are various cameras that are situated like publicly around town where they kind of later piece together, you know, what was her foot traffic? Where exactly did she go? So in that like 25-minute period, she's walking along a railroad track, eventually makes her way to TD Bank by 8.55 a.m., there is a camera outside that captured her speaking on the phone to somebody. We don't know who. She waited for the bank to open at exactly nine, and then she is the first to enter. And I had never seen this, but there is camera footage of her inside the bank, like super close-up footage. I had never seen that. I found it last night while I was researching. She, I think, talked to the teller about something, but I think she eventually goes to make a withdrawal at the... um the ATM. She takes out $55 exactly from her account. She then heads out mm-hmm. on foot again and she made her way to a pawn shop. The shop owner said that he spoke with her that morning. She came in. She wanted to know the value of a silver ring that she had. She wanted to sell it. He inspected it. And again, I don't think he can like, I think he noticed. He's like, you're very young and I can't take, I can't do a pawn exchange with somebody who's a minor. But he also looked at the ring for her and he was like, and I can just tell you plainly, like, this is not worth anything. Like, I wouldn't buy it from you. So she takes the ring back. No fuss. Leaves the shop. That was the exchange. So clearly, I think at this point, we know that something is going on where she's just trying to scrape up as much cash as she can last minute for something. She's got something in mind, whether it's to get out of town or she wants to buy something. But what's odd is that this so far doesn't really read as a runaway to me because she has... Nothing with her, Sue. No extra clothes, no toiletries, no chargers, nothing. Like just her school stuff and most of which she left in her locker. But she needs money for something. So -hmm. then she's back out on the street, walks all the way down to Tim Hortons, which I think was split between a Tim Hortons and a Wendy's. It was like a half and half restaurant. So she gets in there and we have tons of camera footage of her in there. I would say the majority of her day is spent in there. 
She buys herself a drink, like a coffee. She sits down in a booth, and then she is intently fixated on her phone. So this is at around 9, 10 a.m. So it's still pretty early in the morning, and she would sit in this seat for the next 13 minutes kind of periodically looking over her shoulder at the entrance of the Tim Hortons. Like she's if she's expecting somebody to come in and meet her any second, and she's like nervous about it. Nobody ever comes. Interestingly, for whatever reason, she appears to take her phone apart on camera, and then she reassembles it, which confused the hell out of me because I thought she had an iPhone. So that wouldn't be possible unless maybe she had an Android and I was just confused because you can't take an iPhone apart. Or she had a second phone. That's a theory, too. She had two phones. And you're... You're sure it wasn't like a case or something? No, 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 no. People are very, very clear about this on camera. She takes the phone apart. And apparently when her friends were later asked about this, they confirmed. They were like, sometimes she does that just when she's like bored or anxious. Like she'll, it's like a fidget. Yeah, like a nervous tick. Yeah, she'll just like take the battery out of her phone. And I'm like, okay, that's for sure an Android. Like iPhones don't, they don't do Mm -hmm. that. So Michaela, after about 20 minutes in the Tim Hortons, she gets up. And she goes outside through the front entrance, but then immediately turns back inside and then goes out through the back exit of the cafe. There is some contention I found online about this because some people claim in the security footage, you see a red truck pull up at the front entrance and kind of slow down in front of her. So they think it was a guy who was like telling her, no, 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 don't come out through the front, go through the back. But I don't know if I buy that because he's not seen on the back camera. So it it just didn't make sense to me, right? Mm. So she comes back inside, goes out through the back exit. She is seen on camera walking northbound. Before she is out of frame, we do not know where she went. 20 minutes after that, she then comes back and re-enters into the Tim Hortons. She is still alone, but this time she is on the phone with someone. And again, we don't know who. This mystery person that she's talking to all day, coordinating with. She then sits by the windows and she's keeping her attention focused outside to the parking lot again like she's waiting for somebody. Then by 10.12 a.m., Michaela sends a text to her friend Shelby. The text read, hey, I need help. I know. Sinister read. I need help. Shelby did not immediately see or respond to the text. So I think within the next 30 minutes, Michaela responds, never mind. Figured it out. To this day, Shelby really has no idea what exactly Michaela might have been referring to or if she knew anything about it prior. So then Michaela gets up on camera, leaves again, and then immediately comes back into the Tim Hortons and sits down again. She's on the phone again. I still don't know. Who is she talking to? No idea. She then gets out of her seat. And approaches an older woman who is sitting nearby and she asks her for help. And I was like, okay, well, clearly it has to be some help. Like she's in some kind of trouble. It's not that kind of help. Mm -hmm. She's asking for help with like a task. So the woman claimed that she came over and Michaela sits down with her and kind of asks, "Um, would you help me? And the woman's like, yeah, of course, honey. What do you need? Michaela said, I need you to help me rent a hotel room. Mm. Bad news. Bad (sighs) news. Bad news. So the woman. That's so funny I you know. say that. I, sorry to interrupt, nope, but I was do. thinking to myself, what costs $55? I was like, is it a bus ticket? That's what, yeah, is that's it, what I'm thinking. 
a red roof in? Like, what costs fifty five bucks? I think. I mean, I think that was all she more, had in her account. I guess. Like, yeah, because we have some theories that we get into a little bit later from what her friends kind of said. Because she was like going around before this, telling everybody, "I've got five thousand dollars in my account," and she was like incessantly checking her bank account in the days prior to this, but she never had five grand. So that's kind of a confusing point. Like, was she expecting somebody to wire her five grand? Like, she clearly needed money for something. Or she's just, I don't know, trying to fake that for her friends, but I don't really buy that. So she goes to this woman. She's like, would you help me rent a hotel room? And the woman, noticing she's a teenager, she's like, honey, no, I won't. So Michaela gets up, gets on the phone again with someone, leaves the Tim Hortons on foot, texting her friend Shelby, and she says, I'll see you at lunch. This is 11.22 a.m. Still, we have two hours worth of witness statements before Michaela would disappear. The countdown begins. But let me just check in with you. How are you feeling so far? Does this feel, this feels like coercion, right? This feels like trafficking. Yeah, I, yes, it feels like trafficking. It feels like someone has been communicating her with her Mm -hmm. for a while now and has asked her to complete some task or else like it feels very panicked you think so but i i can't tell if it feels do you think it feels like nervous energy like she's like meeting somebody for the first time because that's what i was getting like meeting someone in person for the first time like i'm in person for the first time yeah Yeah, i'm getting like catfish scenario but whoever it is on the other line, I feel like she's spoken with before either. On the phone. Even if it wasn't their voice, like maybe text or. Oh, totally. You know, totally. Direct messaging or whatever. But what why I say panicked is I know that I guess you could look at it two ways. Like when she texts the friend and says, I need help. Maybe she was just being naive and thought her friend would legitimately help her with the task, whatever it is. It could have been like that. Yeah. But also she just seems like she's pretty self um, – what's the right word? Like she keeps to herself or is like insecure enough that she wouldn't want her friend or people at high school to know like she's completing some task. So oh, yeah, when like fear I of first judgment. heard yeah. – Yeah. When I first heard you say that it was I need help, I thought that maybe that was her like backing out of whatever it was and being oh, like, okay, I actually oh, gotcha. don't want to do this anymore. Can you help me? And then she like – is like, oh my God, what am I doing? And then she's like, never mind. I figured it out. Interesting. I I took it separately where I don't know what what maybe I thought it was because I guess that wouldn't make sense if she was going to ask her friend if her friend could help her rent the hotel room. Because I, I thought the whole reason, the whole thing about like asking an adult near you to help you rent a hotel room told me a couple of things. I was like, well, obviously she's a minor. She can't rent the room herself. But mm-hmm. That would say to me that she must be under the impression that whoever she's talking to or communicating with to rent this hotel room, she also thinks that person is a minor. Right? Because otherwise, if he was over 18, why would he not just rent the hotel for them? Because maybe he's got a criminal record and he can't. If he rents a hotel room, it's all going to come back to his name oh, or something. No, I, I don't know. No, I fully, I fully think like he's coercing her say should not leave a paper trail like obviously he doesn't want a yeah. credit card record and also you can't rent a hotel with cash most times right maybe you can some motels you can usually you need a card don't you 
I would think so for like incidentals or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty rare to put down cash. For most like hotel chains, I think so. Unless it's maybe like a mom and pop or like a like a sketchy motel or something. Quality in. <laughs> Knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> What's worse, a quality in or a red roof? A red roof. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Have you ever stayed in one? No. No. I'll t- I'll save that story for off air another time. <laughs> I'll tell you about I, my experience. I do know someone different to her from us who told me that when she they stayed at many a red roof and there were many of those that they did not sleep like in the sheets in the bed. They slept like mm-hmm. on top of the the comforter on the bed. And I'm like, that's dark. That's dark. And let me tell you, my one experience at one, the table popped down from the wall. <laughs> Like a damn ironing board. I love that, baby. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Can can I tell you something? When I was looking for apartments in LA, I toured one. I walked in and they were like, so this used to be a motel. And I was like, oh. And they were like, yeah, this all this closet space right here, this used to be where the bed folded out from. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, if this place isn't haunted, it's it's cursed. So I'm gonna pass it on. Certainly is now. It had one window, one window, and I was like, the second I saw that, I said, it is a wrap and a half. <laughs> and there were like sixteen hundred, and I was like, get out. One window, sixteen hundred dollars. You're insane. Anyway, I'll take it up with Gavin Newsom. So <clears throat> do it. Where are we at? So Michaela takes off on foot and she is headed back to the high school because don't forget she had just texted her friend Shelby and she said, I'm going to see you at lunch. That's 1122. She arrives at the high school by 1159 a.m. She is seen on camera. She literally walks right in. She tells her two friends that she's taking a bus back to her birth city, like where she was born. And then she Mm -hmm. walks right out of the building, 1202. So she literally walked all the way back just to go up to her friends and be like, I'm leaving. And then does a 180 and goes right out the door. And then this footage of her leaving through the entrance of the school would mark the final CCTV clips of Michaela Bali ever being seen. But the witness statements do not stop here. So we know that she's got like 55 bucks on her, right? She is clearly trying to figure out some kind of a hotel situation, although it's not clear if it's a hotel that's in this city or she's headed out of the city and needs a hotel in her birth city. I'm going to assume the latter. So Michaela walked about a mile away from her school because witnesses then saw her at this restaurant. It is called the Trail Stop. It's like um, kind of like what I described before. It's a diner that's connected to a bus station. Um, so according to the ticket attendant, They claimed that Michaela came up to them. Again, she's still alone, not with anybody. And she spoke with them asking about getting a ticket to her home city. And the attendant said, you know, there's not going to be another bus leaving for there until 5 p.m. So Michaela did not purchase a ticket. That's important. She never buys a ticket. And this is so interesting to me because the whole bus ticket thing, up until this point, she it seemed like she was literally waiting for somebody to walk into that Tim Hortons. So I'm like, okay, so that's somebody who she thinks drove there, I'm guessing. So why does she have to get a bus ticket? You know, like a lot of this isn't adding up for me. I don't get that. Do you that. know what I think it might have been? What? That somebody at school realized she wasn't at school, like teachers or something, and they phoned her parents. I wonder if she was worried that 
the alarms had already been sounded that she's missing at school. Not yet. And she thinks her parents are going to walk in or something. Yeah. But she might have been thinking, like, that's why she seems so paranoid. It's like, because imagine oh, when we were gotcha. in high school, if you just left school for three hours, didn't show up to any period. I mean, maybe her school was big enough that, like, she could do that. But at my high school, I'm mm-hmm. sure my parents would have gotten a call within, like, at least the first, like, two hours. Well, I think, let me think. Her... Friends did say that this was not the first time that she cut class. So she had done this before. She was considered like a good kid and a shy girl, but this was not like first time ditching school. So apparently not, I'm guessing. But also the school definitely thinks that she's like homesick or something because she, from the second she walked in at like 8.08 a.m., she's out the door. Like by 8.26, I think probably before the 8.30 bell, She's already on foot. She just literally walked. And clearly security is lax because this girl is like walking in and out of the building multiple times, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And she came back in during lunch just to be like, by the way, I'm leaving town. Walks back out, goes to this bus station, doesn't purchase a ticket. So I'm assuming there's nobody around there who she's meeting, who has a car, who's going to drive her. But she goes into the restaurant and then she ordered some food. Witnesses saw her. She got up. She left the Trail Stop restaurant at exactly 1.45 p.m. on foot alone. This is the last time anyone has ever seen Michaela Bali. She has never been seen on any other camera in this town. She was never seen by any other witnesses after leaving that restaurant in her town. Now, by that afternoon, Michaela's grandmother, she showed up at the school. And this is when, because Michaela, it's just Michaela's mom, her aunt, and her grandma who live with her. Father's not in the picture. So when the grandmother comes to pick her up and the school's like, oh, um, no, we thought she was homesick. She hasn't been here all day. That's when I think a little bit of panic starts to set in. Not immediate, because I think Michaela had some after-school extracurriculars. She took violin, so maybe her grandmother thought, Okay, maybe she went to practice early or she went to a friend's and didn't tell anyone. But it starts to complicate things. And she eventually goes and gets a hold of the mother at work. And that's when her mother knew something might really be wrong because Michaela's grandmother would never go into, like, Paula's workplace to be like, there's a family emergency. A later tap into Michaela's phone records that day would show that roughly after she was seen at 1.45 p.m. that day, Right after nobody else saw her, there was no further activity on her phone, which I thought was really interesting. Like, no calls, no texts, nothing. Until 6.51 a.m. the following morning, when the phone is turned off. It's unclear if it was manually turned off or if it just died. But again, phone records could not indicate that there was anything else going on. No messages, no calls. Just very, very mysterious. And what's even stranger about that is that all of the phone calls that we saw her making on camera were not recorded in her phone during the day. So clearly she either has a second phone that she's using or she's using an app, like a third-party app to call somebody, like Snapchat or Kik. Any thoughts on that? Well, for a second I was thinking, did we think she was pretending to call somebody maybe even Mm? i mean why would she though for who 
I mean, listen, maybe if she had this whole plan to get out of town or to self-harm in some way, mm-hmm. to uh, go to like public places. I don't know. This would be so calculated, but like going into public places and kind of pretending like you're a normal person about the world. And then I don't know. I just think that's so weird that she would be making calls and they couldn't find anything in her phone. Well, I mean, whatever the cell phone company is able to spit out, it's going to be data in like iMessage or it's going to be, or you know, if it's an Android, it's going to be data in the messenger on the phone or the call log of the phone. It's very possible that she was using apps during this time throughout the day, but that wouldn't be recorded in whatever the cell phone company could spit out. So if she was communicating with somebody or they had brought her on to an app like Snapchat or Kick, where there really isn't a paper trail or a message trail because they don't want to get caught or have any like records get back to the cell phone company, she might have been texting, communicating and calling through one of those apps. And there is just no way to trace it unless you physically have the phone, which again has never been found. Yeah. So I that seems like the most likely scenario or she had a second cell phone, like a burner phone. I don't know where that money came from unless somebody gave it to her. I think you're probably right with the Snapchat. Uh, her her friends confirm. Kick. Yeah. I know. Kick, um, kick is a little sketchier, I would say, because it's it kind of prides itself, I think, on being like an anonymous messenger app. So mm. it's really just based on like, making a profile like anybody can communicate with anybody if you just make a profile with an email so you could be talking to anyone and then they could delete the entire message history and there's no way to track it because the whole thing is encrypted Hmm. so i think her friends did know or they they at least had some knowledge that she was often communicating with people online like different guys she would meet online so these apps she was no stranger to these apps but i think that spells a recipe for disaster Well, and I also think it's very telling that this person clearly isn't in school. They're probably someone older, I'd, if I had to guess. Maybe. I mean, the Snapchat would throw me off, I think, if I was her age. Like, I would maybe think, yeah, I would totally buy that. Like, somebody my age was on Snapchat. And they could, people can really catfish hard. We could do a whole episode yeah. on, like, how crazy in-depth, like, catfishing and grooming schemes like play out it's nuts what people can convince other people of like between filters and like you don't even have to use a voice changer sometimes if you're like young enough but anyway i'm gonna jump into the actual investigation everything that police find and what they try to understand about the story here um but so far my gut is leaning towards somebody else being involved because you kind of touched on the other major avenue here which is that Michaela is very calculated. She was faking all of this, or she was at least like leaving a trail behind to throw the scent off her trying to run off somewhere and take her life or disappear on her own. It would be incredibly calculated, I think, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, regardless, somebody I think was telling her that if you do these things, Mm -hmm. it'll make it look like it's all fine. Like whenever people see you on camera or whatever, like the trail being left behind was definitely to that person's benefit, not to hers. And I'm sure they were telling her like spinning a web of lies that like, 
go here. So it'll mm-hmm. be, you know, people, there's a paper trail. Your parents will see that you were at these places. Go back to school. Tell your friends. Like, it just seems like somebody was on the other line telling her a story. Or like, yeah, trying to like walk her through the process, which, you know, what's yeah. funny is like when she does go to ask that older woman about the hotel, she's on the phone with the guy. Or I'm assuming mm. it's a guy. But what's really interesting that you're bringing that up, for most of the day, as we know, she's caught on camera, especially at the Tim Hortons, the TD Bank, etc. The one place that does not have cameras was the trail stop restaurant and the bus stop. So was that the mm. final meeting place that she was told to go because this person, whoever was going to be meeting her there, knew that he and her would not be captured on camera because right after she leaves that restaurant, never seen again, gone, quite literally abducted. We think. That's so scary. I know it's well, it's, it's crazier to me that like almost immediately after she left that restaurant, she's gone. So I, the only thing I can imagine is that at one forty-five. She just walked straight out and immediately met whoever she was intending to meet there and just got straight into his car, but then never touches her phone again. Did she just put it down for the remainder of like the time that he and her were together? Did he take her phone? You know, like he, no additional use of that cell phone. I think, well, doesn't it tell you something, though, that it was turned off at six the next morning? I I don't know, because we don't know if it was manually turned off or if it just died. We don't know. She took no charges with her. Well, either way, the person decided to keep it. Even if they did, if it did die or they manually turned it off, clearly they knew not to use it Mm -hmm. for that window of time. I would agree. Well, there is one extra detail about that. You're you're right. They don't they don't use the phone at all. I mean like no activity all the way till 6:51 a.m. the next morning, phone gets turned off or it dies, we don't know. There's at no other point like a ping or anything on the phone, like the phone is not in use for months, but I think after she officially went missing, her friends were kind of sending like mournful messages to her. You know, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're gone. You know, we're we're so desperate. We wish we could see you again, like sending Snapchats to her and stuff. Her friend Shelby, I think it was her friend Shelby, sent her a Snapchat. This is like two or three months later. Somebody opened that Snapchat. Someone. We don't know who. They never respond to it, but the Snapchat was opened. Oh, my God. So I think that's the only... But, but okay, so here's what that tells me, because I was like, well, does that mean the phone was then turned on? Because surely there would be like a ping from it. It told me that the phone itself, that cell phone may not have been in use, but she or somebody else may have logged in with her credentials mm-hmm. to Snapchat on a different device. Totally. Or if that was the, how they were communicating was mm-hmm. via Snapchat that like. It would, I don't, I'm pulling on a thread here. I don't know exactly how this would have happened, but it makes sense that they would have somehow gotten her login credentials. Oh, totally. I, you know what it honestly reminded me of? It reminded me of um, Chris Kramer's and Lee Sanfrun when like somebody was trying yes. to break into their phones. And I was like, there's something about that. Oh, it just, it like popped into my head because I was thinking about like young girls, something about like, 
I don't know, a predator or a captor trying to like break into their phones for whatever reason. But we'll never know if it was Michaela who opened that Snapchat herself or if it was her captor. You're making me think of a case we did and it, it's um, it's not coming to me who it was, but their phone pinged long after they had gone missing. It was Brian Schaefer. And it pinged in a different county. Ugh. Remember that? Oh, oh I God. totally forgot about that because that's the whole question of like he went into the ugly tuna saluna in I think it was Columbus. Um, my I, I swear to God, true crime has really helped my memory. I feel like I have a really mm-hmm. good memory now because I am like forcing myself to remember all these details. But he went missing, I'm pretty sure, in Columbus because that's where his school was. And we never saw him leave the bar. And yet his cell phone pinged in a county that was like something like 14 miles away. Come on. That sends literal shivers down my spine. Because like, it's I, murder. Uh, like there's no other like. Yeah. What like how yeah. else do we explain that? You know. The ugly tuna saluna. I'll say it again. <laughs> that is insidious underbelly if I've ever heard of it. <laughs> that should be that we should open a bar. We should. I know we were just talking about how you don't want to see pop-up bars again, but I do want to do a pop-up <laughs> bar and I want to call it insidious underbelly. <laughs> I do too. I, that would be the only pop-up themed pop-up bar that I would attend. Okay. I'll, I'll keep it in mind. I'll see if I can get us a liquor <laughs> license. So let's get into a little bit of the investigation here. And what police are kind of looking at. So we got this girl. She go. She went missing under these very odd circumstances. Her family, her remaining family, is kind of devastated. Her two younger siblings. And like I said, it would take them months before they can actually assemble the timeline here. Because just imagine, like, how daunting and strange this must have been for police at the giddy-up. Like, we have all of the backlog context of, like, okay, we've got camera footage from the school. We've got her phone connecting to the Wi-Fi here. Then she went to... TD Bank, we've got that camera footage, the Tim Hortons, like that gives us like, whoa, we've got like a full day timeline. They were going off of nothing in the beginning and all that time got away from them where like, she's just missing. So at first, what they thought was she's a runaway, right? But this was complicated, I think, by this like huge lack of proof for that really because she knew about this like secret stash of family money. Paula, her mom had like family, like I don't want to say like petty cash, but they had like a stack of like emergency money in the house. Michaela knew about it. It was for emergencies only. She very well could have taken that money and just like ran off if she was planning to do so. She didn't touch a dollar, didn't grab any of it, but she very clearly needed money, right? Like she's like taking out this $55 trying to pawn off a ring. She left her makeup. She took her, left her chargers, left all of her medication, her Accutane included, her passport, no change of clothes, no toothbrush, like Not a singular thing that would suggest this is a girl who was planning to take off to run away, like hop on a bus and go to another city that day, except she told people, I'm leaving town, I'm going on a bus. So it's like, it's so confusing. I I don't know what to make of it, honestly. I don't know what to make of it either, but I still keep coming back to this feeling of like, sort of thou doth protest too much, but thou doth tell me exactly what thou are about to go do too much like mm-hmm. why like why is she planting the seed if yeah mm-hmm. why is she doing that i don't know but she really went out of her way to do it 
right? Because she like went yeah. all the way back to the school to like for something that theoretically she could have just sent in a text. Totally. And and even telling the um, ticket agent, like, I want to buy a ticket to go to my hometown. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the next bus doesn't leave till five. Why couldn't she wait four hours? Like, if it really was this, like, desperate need to get out of town that she's even telling her friends, I'm leaving on a bus. Maybe she did plan to wait four hours. But then when she left the the trail stop restaurant, something happened in the street. She just got pulled into a car really quick. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we have no idea how many people were actually behind this. That's the sinister part about it. <coughs> so... She might have had like a separate phone she was using and maybe that was part of the equation like we were saying before. But I mean, thus far, all police really have to go off of is that she didn't take any of her stuff and yet told everybody that she was going on this trip minus her family. So police, they go straight to the friends, of course, because they want to know like what was going on in the days to weeks leading up to the disappearance. Michaela's friends kind of made note of her like passive mentions about trying to go visit other cities in Canada very soon. So it seemed like she was like slowly planting this seed about like, you know, I'm kind of looking to go travel or like I want to go to a city that I'd never been before. But what they also remembered, which I found really interesting, was that she kept mentioning this man that she'd met online named Christopher. He was planning to come visit her, apparently. Mm. They had never seen a picture of this guy. Um, but this was like, I think, a month or two prior to her disappearance. A delivery of flowers came to her school for her. Like somebody sent her flowers, presumably this mystery man that she planned to eventually go meet. Her earlier phone records, I think, indicated that she was texting friends um, for rides to the bank. And this was like days prior to her disappearance. And she was making numerous phone calls to TD Bank and then wired herself 25 bucks. So I that was also confusing to me too, in conjunction with this testimony from one of her friends saying she was telling people she had 5K in her bank account, and then she was like incessantly trying to check with the bank. So I'm like, she. it seems like she was waiting for a wire from this Christopher character, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And then we have other text records with her friend Amy and an ex-boyfriend. This is about a day or two prior to her disappearance. Yeah, April 11th, where she was mentioning that she was unhappy. Like she was sad and lonely. And she kept talking about how she really wanted to go to her birth city, which also made me start to think, I was like, why the birth city? Why that place? And I was like, is she looking for like her biological father? You know, like, was this, was she getting conned and catfish into someone pretending to be her dad? Ooh. Oh God, that's so dark. Isn't that Um, so damn dark? But it's kind of, that's exactly what would be used as collateral against you as a minor is telling some adult, yeah, I can't find my birth father. That's the perfect Mm -hmm. thing for some adult predator to like latch on to as they're ba- it's, how it's they're the bait you. yeah it's yeah. total yeah. bait and i guess the only piece of it that doesn't really add up is like why would she be believing that like her own birth father an adult in this scenario can't book her a hotel room right in her hometown you know or can't like 
You know, I mean, unless there, are, I'm sure there are lots of ways that like very experienced groomers, especially when they're catfishing, is like, I don't know, s- someone who has like a family tie to their victim. I'm sure there are tropes and things they could say to like throw the scent off with like, oh, you know what? I I got into a bad spat with like credit card debt. I actually don't have a credit card, so I can't book you the hotel, but I'll absolutely cover it for you with cash. You know, can you just have like somebody nearby book it for us? Right. So you can come visit me. Yeah. I like I can totally see that. Wait, hold on. I might have misunderstood. Are you saying you think that this person was pretending to be her birth father? Yes. Maybe. Okay. See, I was thinking, I was thinking that it's the perfect storm if she starts talking to some random person over Snapchat Mm -hmm. or however she met this person. And then she drops the fact that she doesn't know her birth father, but would like to meet him or is curious as to who he is that that predator says oh i can help you with that oh yeah like let's take a trip together and like i'll help you look for him yeah oh i mean that's and maybe this was a whole ruse to that's so sad get her that's so sad i i mean i was willing to believe i mean either scenario i could totally see the only i'm trying to think like the only thing that kind of threw the scent off where i was like Maybe it is just about her trying to go see her birth dad and like she's being catfished by somebody who's like, Michaela, I'm I'm your dad. You know, like your mom wanted to cut me out of your life. It took me so long to find you. We can only communicate this way because your mother has a restraining order. Like I'm just thinking of a million lies that like somebody could have told her, especially an impressionable young girl who Mm -hmm. is desperately trying to seek out like answers about where her birth father is. But the whole tie to the birth city I swear to God, it has to do, it has something to do with the father, the birth father. I I think you're totally on the money with that. It's somebody, if it's not her actual father, Mm -hmm. it's certainly somebody has said to her, like that whole, I I definitely am on your side. I believe that that whole narrative of like finding her father was somehow used as the bait. I agree. I agree. And also, I think your theory makes a little bit more sense about like a a catfish love interest who's trying to like help her on this journey because of the flowers that came months prior, this like mystery man that she was talking to romantically as far as her friends knew, Christopher, that that's all kind of adding up for me. But again, there is never anyone else who is seen on camera with her that day. What they found in their investigation was essentially something that looked like a runaway scenario but what threw a wrench in all of this and kind of stalled the investigation is that no one sees her afterwards if she's a runaway and she's going back to her birth city or any other city in canada nobody ever found her she never used her credit cards she never had any bank activity after that she never used her actual cell phone i guess if we're assuming she had a second cell phone so how do we explain a story of a runaway girl who basically left all of her belongings behind and then somehow made it somewhere on 55 bucks. Somebody had to have taken her. Somebody took her. There's just like no other plausible way. But through the years, there have been a lot of tips, surprisingly, because although police can't officially say that they've ever like spotted her anywhere, there were all these tips that came in of sightings of people claiming I saw Michaela Bali in Canada. The most recent credible tip, I think, was back in 2019. And although none of these are officially confirmed, I will say 
and several have been debunked as other girls. Nothing has really given way to like an additional clue that could help us find Michaela. Like people have just said like, oh, I saw her at like a festival or I saw her like outside of a bar in like a sketchy area. So I don't know what that's suggesting, that she was groomed and then abducted and maybe she's being trafficked and held in a different part of Canada, you know, like she's under someone's control. Mm -hmm. That's one theory. But officially after 145 on that day, nobody ever saw her again. She has never once been seen on a singular CCTV camera in any other location in Canada. And again, like I said, this last credible tip of someone seeing her was 2019. That's kind of, that's like a while ago at this point. I don't, I don't want to believe that she's probably, I mean, like statistically, I can't imagine that she's been alive this entire time. I want to believe she has been, but it's, it's very possible. I mean, well, let me think. The first case that this reminded me of was Amy Lynn Bradley, which is a case of a woman who disappeared off a cruise ship, which I thought was fascinating. It's such a dark scenario. She was like 19. She, um, I'm trying to think where she disappeared. The island of Carousel, I think. But Carousel is known for, I think, a trafficking ring. So there was a big theory for a long time, like, was Amy Lynn Bradley trafficked? And then something like 20 plus years after the fact, like all these witness statements came out. And I think a picture leaked of a woman who is clearly like, like she's just a white woman who looked just like Amy Lynn Bradley, but she's like very like dolled up kind of thing. Who's being used for sex work in a trafficking ring. So they think, so that would suggest that like, If she was abducted, I'm talking about Amy Lynn Bradley in this scenario. Amy Lynn Bradley was abducted. She was brought into this trafficking ring and then she was used for maybe decades, but is still alive, is just trapped somewhere and hidden from from plain view. It could very well be that Michaela was abducted in the exact same way. All of this is just making me think, and thank you for sharing the Amy Lynn Bradley story. And sorry to pivot from it for two seconds, but on a macro level, it's just making me think how much education I wish I had about how human trafficking works. Because when I see, like when I go into the airport and I see posters for it on the bathroom stall, Mm -hmm. like knowing that people come through that airport and are being trafficked, I wish I knew what to look for more. Like, because then I wouldn't be sitting here saying like, she's probably not alive. Like, there's got to be so many people like this that are, it's baffling to me that it just, like, goes undetected. Like, I don't know how, I need more education on it. I think everybody does. Well, I know I totally agree with you, but I think that's that's kind of the the trickiest part about this, is that this is, this is a trafficking situation, I, I would assume, where I think a young mm-hmm. girl is basically coerced into doing all of the heavy lifting herself. Like, they are conning her to the point where she is the one who is walking to them it's not quite the scenario of like you see like a like a sketchy man or a couple of sketchy men who are like taking a young girl kind of thing like that's a very obvious um staple like an image where you're like okay something looks off there this is a girl who is sitting alone talking on the self talking on her phone like a teenager like 
I mean, the only thing that would maybe raise a red flag for me is that it's the middle of the day on a school day and there's this 16-year-old girl kind of wandering alone around town. Mm -hmm. That would read to me as like, are you okay? Even if it's not like a trafficking or a grooming situation, it's just like, are you okay? You know, like, why aren't you in school? Like, is something wrong? But this might be a good pivot to get into some of the theories on this because obviously, as we've mentioned, the most likely scenario here is that Michaela was abducted by a groomer. Now, it seems clear that there might have been a mystery man involved in Michaela's life and that he may have been conning her or coercing her through anonymous communications or apps because there is nothing in her message history to actually back up that she was talking to somebody. There's no message trail, no paper trail. Police referenced um, an old secret Instagram account that I had mentioned before. This is back in 2013. I could actually, maybe I can find it for you. Let me see. Oh, I'd love to see it. Just so I can get a little bit, because I feel like, I feel like I sort of have a grasp on her personality. Mm -hmm. I, but to see her, like, is this her Finsta or her? I think this is her Finsta. I don't know that I've actually ever seen her, like, original Instagram. Let's see if I can find it. Well, I feel like your Finsta will even tell more about how you truly feel about things. For real. I mean, I don't think she had a lot of, um, oh, you know what, actually, I'm remembering. I can't find it. But she had another, another Instagram. There was a third Instagram that I forgot about. And this is why people... This will go into like the next theory. I hear you type it in the background. You said, baby, if you can't I'm find like, it, I gotta see this. baby, if you can't find it, I gotta see I'm this. gonna find it. <laughs> hold on. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Wait, let me see it. Let me see. Let me see. Um, it's called like, there's, it's like a weird name. I don't think her name is in it. Let me see. You know, because I'm looking at, there's definitely an Instagram that's live that's like um, is it, family raising awareness that she's missing. Okay, still. okay, gotcha. No, this is this is something else. Like the second you see it, you're like, mm, okay. Black. Oh wait, I think I found it. Black, pink, blue. Mm, maybe. I don't know. It's a live Instagram. I see. I see what you're looking at on Reddit, but like it's a live Insta. Hold on. Oh, I'm so mad I didn't bookmark it. I had it open last night. Let's see, Michaela Bali. But I really want you to see this on camera so you can react to it because I think it it yeah. gives a pretty, it gives an interesting window into where her head might have been at, even from the age of 13. You know what? I'm going to go mm. to the actual this is li- live sleuthery. Live sleuthery. <laughs> and I would expect nothing less, baby. <laughs> Unsolved social media. Um, let's see. I swear to God, like Reddit is the place to be. It truly is. There's oh always something on there. Dang, this is really like making me mad because it was it was like seemingly so easy to find it last night, and all of a sudden it's like very cryptic. This is the timeline, the notes. Here's another user. Okay, where is her Insta? But I can basically explain to you what I saw on there. It was it was like no pictures of her. Like she very clearly does not want anyone who finds it to be like, that's Michaela's. But it's mm-hmm. like 
She's making posts about like sometimes it feels good to cut if only just to feel something. Like it's it's a lot of like self-harm. I don't want to say memes, but like quotes, like picture quotes. Um, some suicidal ideations. And again, this was something she hadn't touched since 2013. So this is her as like a young, young teenager. There was another Instagram that came to light, which she had. It had no posts. I don't think it had any followers, but she did make it all it said in the description was goodbye. So that led into a second theory that we'll get into in a minute, but I'll keep going on this theory about abduction. So we know about this secret Instagram account from when she was 13. All of those suicidal ideations, she seemed like a vulnerable girl, and especially if she was posting this online, that could have been the gateway platform or profile where a groomer saw this is a young girl. This is a young girl who maybe seems lonely or emotionally unstable. It could have been that this was a long-tailed plan that spanned three years of somebody gaining her trust through a private app like Kick or Snapchat. It could have been that long, that long, gaining her trust to eventually make her feel comfortable enough that she is ready to go on a trip with a stranger. Her friend Shelby would later go on the record to confirm that Michaela had been messaging guys online. She knew of about four different guys at various times that Michaela had owned up to that she was talking to. She told her that that was a sketchy thing to do, but she said Michaela, although kind of shy and quiet, was like firm about what she wanted to do. She didn't listen to anybody, and she was going to do what she wanted to do when it came to this. Another friend, like I said, had also claimed that prior to her disappearance, Michaela had been going around mentioning that $5,000 in her bank account. And the records, of course, would show there was no $5,000 ever. Nobody ever sent her that money. Many had theorized that the person who was grooming her planned to wire her $5,000 or at least had told her they would do that. And this was maybe this was maybe a way to at least get her get the ball rolling of like i'll give you five thousand dollars oh shoot like something like came up with my bank they kind of blocked the transaction but i'm good for it like the second you come here like i've got you covered as far as like hotels and stuff i just need you to like get the bus ticket to come to me you know like even though you didn't buy a bus ticket like it's stuff like that that makes me think like the second they realize that this girl is like committed to the point where she's going to the bank she's trying to pawn stuff off she's going to tim hortons to like wait for you or like go to a bus station they know that she's serious like she's alone and she's committed and ready to get into the car with somebody. The door's open. The whole catfishing element is definitely checking out for me. Do you think it was an adult that she thought she was talking to or do you think it was a minor, like someone her age? I think it was an adult. Like, no, but do you think that she thought it was an adult or do you think she thought it was a minor? Like, was she being catfished to think it was a teenager? I think that she thought it was definitely somebody over the age of 18, an older guy. Got it. That would make the most sense. <laughs> I'm like, and that's that on that. <laughs> but but you know why I when, think when that? I, when you because... say you trust your gut, I trust it too, baby. <laughs> I have to. I, I, I think that because... <sighs> well... I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in her shoes Mm -hmm. as like a 16-year-old girl. I think boys my age are, you know, 
<laughs> stupid and gross. No, you're right though. Like that, girl, girls that are like know? seeking out and like I, online, they're not always looking for like mm-hmm. someone their age. Like sometimes, I, yeah. I mean, I can speak from my own experience. <laughs> and like, there's something. There's certainly a even though this case is scary as hell, there is some sort of a thrill element to this for her. I do believe that because. Mm-hmm. I think to leave school, to go back and tell your friends, tell them you've got five grand getting sent to you somehow. She's bragging. Talking yeah. to boys. She's she's definitely putting down, she's planting the seed that like, I've got this whole life, you know, yeah. cooking up for myself. Like, and then, so I firmly believe it was somebody a little bit older than her um, or maybe a lot older than her. But also even like, maybe you feel differently about this, but even the idea of like, Go to the pawn shop and see if you can pawn anything off. I didn't know to do that at 16. Yeah. Well, it's that's true. She is making some like pretty, pretty like ballsy adult decisions to like go and like deal with adults in ways that maybe she hadn't before. Like, yeah. Approaching an adult to ask ask them to buy you a hotel exactly room. That's ballsy. Or to go to a pawn shop yeah. and say, like, how much for this ring? Ballsy. It feels like somebody's telling her, like, no, 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 just trust me. If you go up and you Say X, Y, and Z, they'll do it for you mm-hmm. or something. Like it just, something about it does not feel like she's talking to somebody her own age. Agree. Agree. Yeah. That's a really, really great point to frame it for me. Cause I was, I was trying to think, I'm like, well, maybe it might be easier if she thinks she's like dealing with another 16 year old, she might be more trusting, but she's, she's making decisions that seem like she's being instructed by somebody who is like, I know more, I know better, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy, oh my God. And you know what? I had totally forgotten about this. This is kind of the last piece of compelling evidence, I would say, for the groomer scenario. There is a witness statement that I forgot about. This came in much later because, again, this bus stop and, like, the restaurant, the trail stop that she goes to, there are no cameras there. That scene, that always stuck out to me. I'm like, that seems so odd because so much of the story is, like, like, cameras are literally everywhere. Even when she's outside on foot, like, street cameras. So, a place where there just happens to be no camera seemed like a deliberate point for me. There is a witness who claimed that she was either approached or like was speaking to a man, I think in the restaurant who was also in that restaurant with her, although they did not sit together. He was an older man who had a big, like really burly guy they described. And he had a big, um, tattoo of a red crucifix on his forearm that was like the only thing they remembered because then like they didn't realize like a crime could be unfolding here you know like she was sitting alone she was eating something but this guy happened to like pursue her people took that as a huge jump off point where they're like oh my god maybe we're thinking about this all wrong like like she was being catfished by somebody all day but it was like somebody who was bailing, like it, like she was never actually under any danger from who she was being catfished by. But some creepy opportunistic guy saw a girl midday sitting alone, struck up a conversation with her and said, like, are you headed somewhere? Like, why are you at this bus stop station? I'll give you a ride kind of thing. Like, it was an mm. opportunistic wrong place, wrong time. He <sighs> that and I mean, that would have totally thrown the scent off because thus far we've only been like, yeah, she's being coerced by somebody online. She's being groomed. She's being catfished. We could be like misappropriating all of that story with what actually happened, which is that it might have been someone who saw a window of opportunity and took it to abduct her rare but possible we've seen it before 
oh my God. And then you wonder if she could have made a call to like, like I, this is crazy, but like, imagine that guy comes up and she's like, I need to get to whatever her birth town is. The next Mm -hmm. bus isn't until five o'clock. And he's like, oh, I'm headed that direction. Oh my God. Totally. And then she calls her groomer and is like, oh my God, great news. I actually like, I'm going to get there faster. And then the guy, the groomer's like, uh, that wasn't the plan. And bye. Even crazier scenario. They're working together. It's an elaborate scheme. Oh my God. That is so crazy. If that was what happened, like it's two guys working together where there's one who's been coercing her over the phone and like getting her to the actual landing zone, which is this restaurant where the other guy is planted ready to like jump in, making it seem like he's completely unrelated to be like, what's wrong? You look like you look broken up. Everything. Okay. And she's like, I'm trying to get to, you know, this town, but the bus doesn't leave for a bit. He's like, Oh, what are you trying to go there for? She's like, oh, there's a guy I'm meeting. She's like, oh, boyfriend. Like, you know what I mean? But he's in on the whole thing. Well, and isn't that then, how human trafficking works? It's all like one big web. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I had never oh, even God. considered that. But that seems. But I don't think here's the crazy part about that witness statement. Everybody kind of noticed the guy, I think. And again, like, it's crazy. The only descriptor they got is like, he's got a big tattoo. But arguably, that's a really good thing to remember a big red crucifix i don't think they left together which also mm. told me like she clearly did not know him he's like not who was coercing her over the phone kind of thing so he's an accomplice or maybe she was even put off by him where she was like sorry i've got this like i don't i don't don't need any help i'm fine and he followed her out after mm. but all we know is the second she did leave because they don't walk out together the second she did walk out at 145 she went somewhere, was never seen again. So somebody put her in their car. Yeah. It's just so crazy. Oh my God. This makes my stomach turn. I know. I know. But that is, that's the last piece of compelling evidence that we have. And like I said, the descriptions of that man are murky. The only other scenario that could have been plausible here is that there really was nobody else involved. Or if they were involved, it was like benign catfishing. Like it was nobody who actually planned to meet up with her or abduct her, and Michaela took her own life. Now, there could have been a few different reasons why this happened in the way that it did, so I'll get into it just a little bit. Now, it's unclear, but many have suspected that, of course, it's strange that she took so few items with her if she was planning to get as far away as she could. Many think that Michaela was struggling with her mental health, and she planned to take her life. She very clearly had a troubled past. She had this secret Instagram, two secret Instagrams, one where she had suicidal ideations, the other that was more recent, where she just wrote, goodbye. Something that has never been explained. It's unclear, you know, what exactly that says about what she was trying to do, where she was trying to go, but the shedding of her valuables, the leaving everything behind, trying to sell off a ring... Some people have used this, used that as a jump off point to say like, okay, well, maybe the mystery person that she's talking to isn't actually a factor in this. Or even worse, she realized day of she was being catfished and it devastated her. Mm. Like she had a plan all along, like she was planning later that day. 
to situate herself to go see this person or maybe go see the birth father, whatever she was planning to do. The catfish is exposed on that day or they completely ghost her. Maybe that was the tipping point. So some have suggested that she went off of her own volition and she went out somewhere, hid herself and took her life. What's not explained in that scenario, what kind of throws a wrench, is that her phone stays on, although again, there's no activity until the following morning when it's turned off or it dies. And then three months later, after she vanished, somebody opened her Snapchat. We have no explanation for it. So how quickly did her family end up going to try to find her like was it oh, like instant, that evening instant. yeah i mean she's a minor yeah okay. so like i think her grandmother by 2 or 3 p.m when she goes to pick her up and she's gets told from the school oh michaela hasn't been here all day nobody's seen her that's when she immediately contacts paula goes to her work and paula is alerted that michaela's missing i'm pretty sure it's by 5 p.m that night that paula reports her daughter missing and paula has followed like so many leads on her own again like because she didn't have a ton of money and there were like money problems to hire a private investigator like her mother has just gone to cities and just looked her mom described going to the school that night and just like screaming around the school and in the parking lot looking under cars like looking irrationally everywhere that she could think of where Michaela could be hiding didn't make sense to her and and that's sort of why it doesn't make sense to me that she would take her own life. It it seemed like a reach to me. It seemed like a force fit. And I, I can see how people are kind of mis they're gonna misconstrue the Instagrams to be like, this looks like a suicide note or a suicide Instagram. That's not exactly how I read that. Because I just feel like wherever she would have gone to do it, mm-hmm. like I don't know why, and of course this is baseless other than my gut, but like that her mom would have searched everywhere and they would have like found Yeah, or somebody would have found her. I mean, it's pretty – most people will stumble upon bodies, and it's been a good number of years now. Like most people are going to eventually find your body wherever you go, and I can't imagine she went all too far from this town. Mm -hmm. She never bought that bus ticket. So I just think it's so – irrational to just like say this was all her there was nobody else involved Mm -hmm. there's just like no way in my mind i'm sorry if anyone feels differently but i i really firmly believe somebody else or multiple people were involved in her disappearance i do too but if somebody does feel differently throw that theory in the reddit thread i want to know about it that was the craziest (laughs) thing i was trying so hard last night to go through i'm like i want to see theories about this case that i had never heard before. Like I wanted to see something that blew me out of the water. And I was kind of shocked by like how few alternate theories there were. Maybe there's one extra that I left here. Let's see. Um, I wrote down a couple of things that I wanted to call out towards the end here that I was like, I just think there are some really specific details, very specifically in the context of like abduction that I think we can't ignore. To me, the $5,000 that she was claiming was going to be in her account Very clear indication to me that she thought she was going to get wired money. I really, really believe that she, I don't think she was bragging because she like, or like making it up to brag. I think she was bragging because she thought she was getting wired that money. And then I think 
somebody was very clearly involved with her over the phone. We know that. I actually was on the fence. I wasn't sure right away whether or not I thought that was a person pretending to be under 18 or if they were an adult and she knew they were an adult. But I do now think that they were an adult, like maybe what you were saying before. And then we also cannot ignore that it seemed clear that she was really trying to get out of town that day. So I still find it strange she didn't take her medications or her chargers or anything like that. But maybe she thought that she would replace those things or that this mystery man would. Because clearly if he's like, I've got money, don't worry about it. Like I'll put $5,000 in your account. If you got to stop at like the drugstore, we'll take you to the drugstore. If you need a new phone charger, I'll buy you a new phone charger, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or did she intentionally leave those behind to throw the scent off to like buy herself more time where people don't think that anything's wrong, you know? Can I just tell you that I think I found that Instagram. Did you? And it's it's coloring this very differently for me all of a sudden. Um, tell me if this is the one. Okay. Well, how is it coloring it differently? Do you think that this is, is it telling you a different story about, oh, it's, I think this is the one. Hold on. Okay. Like, I didn't yeah. realize how intensely um, suicidal some of the posts were. Well, this is three years prior. We have to keep keep the context of that. But yes. Okay. Okay. It says, just to give some context to anybody who's not looking directly at this, um, and I will give a warning before I read it, of course, because it could be a triggering mm-hmm. thing, but to give you an example of one of the the picture quotes that she wrote, it is a conversation with her mind that says, you could do it, you know. You could grab the pills, take a dozen or so, and just be free from this hellhole. You're already dead inside anyway. And then someone says, hey, you okay? Me. Yeah, I'm fine. You little suicidal liar. So she's definitely having a very, very serious struggle with mental health from an an abnormally young age. I would say 12, 13 is a, a very young age to have thoughts like this. Totally. Oh, God. But I still don't know. I still don't know if this spells the story for me of of a girl who went off to try to take her life at 16. That still doesn't read to me. I still think this might have been a girl who was very vulnerable. And I think this account specifically could have been the gateway to somebody, to a predator coming onto her. I absolutely, I mean, I'm going to... Also, if I can just read one little thing because Please. I feel like it's making me feel that way. There's a post on here of like a guy holding a poster that she obviously posted as a picture. And the poster reads, you think you want to die, but in reality, you just want to be saved. And I Oof. feel like it's a cry for help sort of to be like yeah. talking with people that are older than you and like looking for any sort of guidance putting anything like this out there it feels like a cry for help to make this like a public profile it's inviting yeah. someone to come and save you is what it feels like yes. to me oh, it's so dark that this is like this is the type of child really that like a predator or a groomer would latch on to totally and we have no idea how long she might have been talking to this person 
or people. Could have been multiple people coordinating with her. Oh my God. It's heartbreaking. I will ask you really quick before we wrap up this case. And I'm I'm happy that we covered it because I know a lot of people have covered this story, but for some, something about it because it's so recent still makes me feel like there is hope. Whether or not people believe she's alive or she's gone, I still have hope that we can find out what happened to her or at least find out who did this to her. Mm-hmm. Do you think she's alive? What does your gut tell you? Oh God, I'm I'm very well. My logical brain is telling me the, you know, it's been what four years? No, more, <laughs> almost nine, eight years. Yeah, nine years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, math. Um, that she most likely is not alive, mm-hmm. but. I also think from looking at this Instagram and like everything we discussed, she seems like she's the type of person that was very easily manipulated and she's like young kind she's of a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Like her, her mind is malleable. And I think that those are the types of people that actually end up staying alive if they do get into a certain, you know, trafficking ring because they're like the, they're easily uh they're predictable like they they mm-hmm. are easy to control whereas like if you get somebody that has more of a point of view and like a willingness to like live and fight yeah. and survive those are the people that get you know you don't want a liability quickly. in those rings yeah yeah you don't want you don't mm-hmm. want a wild card they want somebody who's impressionable and somebody who's scared i think like michaela yeah. probably was for her to have worth to them but it would, I mean, for all we know, it's very possible that she could have fallen into this ring, but trafficking rings extend very, very far. I mean, she could have mm-hmm. been taken somewhere. She could have been taken out of the country. It would have been very hard for them to take her out of the country because she did not have her passport, but they could fake a passport. I mean, it's a million ways that they could control her and she could be somewhere halfway across the world right now alive and we would never know it. We would never know it. And she's... Honestly, it's so sad. She's the perfect like candidate for falling into a trap of feeling like she was belonging to that group. Like that it's her clearly if she's been exhibiting this behavior of feeling like worthless since she was 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. like she would be by the time she got to be 16 or so like the, the right type of personality profile where she starts to kind of believe that like even if she was taken that now all of a sudden she's got like a purpose. Total Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the exact thing. I, I still have hope for the case, but I, I wanted to cover it specifically so that more people hear the name, more people remember her story. And I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any updates that come from it. I know it's, it's not a U.S. case, the Canadian case, and we don't usually cover many outside of the U S this is probably one of the first and few, but I am happy that we talked through it. I think it's an in-depth dive onto her final day that's seen on camera. And I hope one day that we will see some justice for her story and for her family. And please, please, please talk. Don't wait for these conversations. I know it's, it's uh, the creep time is supposed to be fun and lighthearted towards the end. But I think it's important to say and just leave this with everybody. Start these conversations with your kids or your nieces, your nephews young to warn them about 
signs. And I know like my parents warned me too, but they didn't really understand the internet in the same way, Mm -hmm. you know? So what they were warning me of was actually confusing and not actually what the online landscape was like. But I certainly was in situations when I was younger where I was talking to people online who were most likely twice my age or more, probably more. And I very well could have gotten myself into some very dangerous situations. And I was lucky. Not everybody is. So have those conversations young and don't be afraid to bring up the taboo because it could save somebody's life. I I want whatever juju magic we've had in the past where things come to light. This would be one of my like top cases for that because if this poor girl like really is still alive somewhere, oh, like I, God, I, I hope that they find her someday. Like it just seems, it's just so, so unfortunate because this could have been like, like you're saying with the correct conversations and education, like preventable, like had this public profile not existed, I surely think we she would have had a better chance at not having, you know, met up with whoever this person was right the the tie-in or at least the gateway would have been alleged yeah yeah yeah, allegedly i well i mean it seems the most likely but yeah okay debrief the creep time debrief was a heavy one i'm happy we talked about it but i will come in next week with with an episode that's a little more um Ooky spooky. <laughs> a little maybe. Ooky spooky, maybe. Ooky spooky, just to balance a little. I'm going to do a little, I'm going to do a little like shoulder roll, a little shimmy right now. Please do. Oh, cool. Whew, creepers, thank you so much for listening to us on this one. Appreciate it as always for sticking around and hanging with us for a Friday episode. We are going to catch you next week and we have some very exciting announcements coming up oh also again thank you everybody for all of the merch sales that continue to keep rolling in given a warning a fair warning right here on creep time the podcast for everybody <laughs> who has been so gracious and kind to buy merch and celebrate can't trust county with us this was a case where you could trust county to be honest they did their, their due diligence um Please make sure that you are checking the shipping and manufacturing times because we do not want anybody ordering before Christmas, hoping it's going to come at Christmas time, and then they miss out on it. So I think the actual cutoff date is December 10th, what I saw. So that I would order any time before that if you're looking to make this a Christmas gift. That's my one thing that we'll leave you with. With that, Stu, shall we toss it off? I just hear my elbow crack. (laughs) I would say... Let's get you. Let's get you an Advil. Yeah, and a, <laughs> some arthritis medication would be great. Some arthritis medic. Some Sky Reese, baby. Sky, control means everything. <laughs> Sky Reese. They need to book you for that commercial because it definitely doesn't sound that good. <laughs> okay, thank you. You know, I found a video of you the other day. Um, in I don't know which theater we were in, but I. I like panned over to the sink and I was like, Stu, don't worry, I'm not listening. And then you, this is from Tor, and you went, I'm freezing up. And I was like, no. And you go, and I'm here. <laughs> Do you know what video I'm talking about? Yes. Okay, Wait, good. Like the color purple. Yes, 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 yes. And with that. <laughs> I had to bounce this back. I needed a little, a little <laughs> pick me up because I was feeling low. But, and with that, we will say goodbye and good luck. Bye, everybody. Hi, creepers.